to Frequency Matters, the RFM Microwave Update Series. I'm Pat Hindle, and I'm here with my co-host Gary LaRude. In this episode, we're going to take a look at our September military and aerospace supplement. The cover feature is about MEMS oscillators take on the hypersonic challenge written by SI Time. And so the article describes some of the challenges of hypersonic flight on components and how MEMS-based oscillators are well suited for these challenges. So Gary, what did we have for technical articles and special reports? Well, we have a nice lineup in the supplement uh, this year from analog devices, kind of an overview of radar from the rotating dish to digital beamforming and what current semiconductor technology enables. Then uh, in a similar vein, kind of an overview, Mercury Systems has a special report on how the evolution of signal processing and direct RF conversion combined with AI are pushing system capabilities to the edge. And we hear that word, the edge, a lot with uh, telecommunications. But in a defense standpoint, it basically means a fighter aircraft, for example, becomes more independent, more autonomous, and it can even serve as a node in a network of platforms. Then from a technology standpoint, from Eureka Technologies, we have an innovative alternative to cable assemblies that can be used in satellite systems, which is a great advantage as far as weight is concerned. They call it EM bridge technology. And then wrapping up the uh, articles, a special report from Keysight. They note as the military adopts 5G systems, the proximity with traditional military systems causes coexistence concerns with radar and satellite particularly that need to be addressed in the development and deployment process. So a lot of interesting stuff to read. Yeah, and so we had two product features. The first was choosing the right GAN package for long pulse radar modes by Wolfspeed. And the other was a K-band dual polarized diplexers by Swiss to 12. How about tech briefs? Well, we had a couple there uh, from Excel RF, their biased uh, HTAL test system. And uh, make a side comment about this. Roland Shaw, who's the CEO of Excel RF, and I worked together many years ago at TI. And he's a very quiet and unassuming person and I think is underappreciated in the industry for his contribution to the development of compound semiconductor technology, beginning with gallium arsenide and, of course, now GAN. Uh, many people talk about the performance advantages, but uh, programs are reluctant to insert these technologies until reliability is proven. And Roland has enabled a lot of companies to make those kinds of measurements and demonstrate the reliability of their technology. Then from uh, the other tech brief in the article or in the issue, EasyForm Cable has uh, semi-rigid cables for defense and aerospace programs and actually one of the largest offerings of semi-rigid cables. They have 27 mil qualified and listed on the qualified products list of the U.S. Defense Logistics Agency. So we had two special guests join us today. Randy Cochran, Product Marketing Manager for Mimic and LTCC Products, and Raj Santa Kumar, Mimic Product Line Engineer at MiniCircuits, join me to discuss the Mimic market and some of the solutions that they're delivering. Let's take a look at a clip from that now. So Randy, uh, what would you say are the biggest drivers of innovation in the Mimic space right now? Yeah, thanks, Pat. The, the biggest drivers of innovation are really around three different axes today. The first is frequency of operation. 
As applications move to higher frequencies, innovation uh, is driving solutions that, uh, that can really focus on that, right? If you look at uh, 5G millimeter wave, which is you know 24 to 40 gigahertz in different bands, SATCOMs around 27 to 32, and then E-band, right, for microwave point-to-point -point backhaul radio, you're talking frequencies in the 71 to 86 gigahertz. Uh, second, which ties into that, is really bandwidth, right? Uh, as wider and wider bandwidth are required to have higher data rates. Depending on that application, designers are looking for ways to simplify that, right? So again, when you're talking about, you know, 10, 15, 20 gigahertz of bandwidth, you know, it requires some new, new topologies, new thoughts, new, uh, new innovation. The other is the higher frequencies and wider bandwidths aren't just uh, for amplifiers, things like that. It's really for the entire block diagram. Right? You're talking about the PAs, MPAs, LNAs, but also things like mixers, multipliers, uh, equalizers, couplers, balance switches, everything on that block diagram and system. And then the, the third axis is really smaller footprints, right? Everybody's looking for lower weight, lower power. So in some markets, that smaller footprint's being driven by integration, where you're trading off process and performance to have a single IC. In other cases, you're looking at two to three functions being combined into a multi-chip module, like a power amplifier, a low noise amplifier, and a switch. And then in other markets, they're doing even further integration where they're really combining, say, 10 plus different die into a single package to really optimize each, each die for performance in that, uh, that multi-chip module. It was great to learn how MiniCircuits is bringing all kinds of new mimics to the market, and it'll be interesting to see how they expand further. So uh, turning to the news, according to a recently published report from Del Oro Group, total global revenue for broadband access equipment market increased to $4.5 billion in Q2 of this year, and that was up 12% year on year. And they said that the spending on passive optical network equipment continues to fuel the overall market, with the revenue for pawn optical line terminals reaching a record $1.3 billion in the quarter. And also in the news, I saw that, you know, Google had shut down the product Loon last year, and that's a balloon-based wireless network that not, didn't seem viable at the time. But some of the key technologies behind Loon are re-emerging in what could end up being the fastest long-distance wireless communication system. Earlier this year, a group of Google R&D veterans founded Aalaria Technologies, and that's a startup meant to breathe new life into these Loon innovations. Part of the company is taking software used by the Loon Group and turning it into a cloud-based system for managing complex networks that connect things like satellites, planes, and boats with high-speed internet. And there's another group that's looking at the uh, second set of former Google Wares that create a line of laser-based wireless networking equipment. So it'll be really interesting to see if any of these are viable now. Gary, what did you see in the news? Well, a couple items. Wolfspeed plans to build a 200-millimeter silicon carbide materials facility on a 445-acre site near its headquarters in North Carolina. And they say this will bump its silicon carbide capacity by 10 times. The first phase is planned to complete in 2024 and cost about $1.3 billion. And a lot of the output from this facility will feed its Mohawk Valley silicon carbide wafer fab, and I assume as well as supplying starting wafers to other companies as they have historically done. Then a second item, China Mobile, ZTE, and several of their partners claim that they did the first demo 
of a 5G non-terrestrial network achieving a 36,000-kilometer connection with a four-second ping for a message where they connected the terminal to a satellite at L-band, which relayed to a gateway and the base station. So we know that uh, the uh, latest implementation of the 3GPP specifications are uh, envisioning non-terrestrial networks, so people are starting to do some uh, exploration there and see what they can achieve. And so turning to events, uh, this is a busy end of the month with European Microwave Week taking place September 25th through the 30th. We'll be helping out with the Defense and Space and Security Forum on Wednesday. If you drop by during lunch, you can hear the talk by Rodian Schwartz for the Lunch and Learn session, and it's free lunches for those who register for the Defense Forum. And also taking place the same week, this last week in September, is Mobile World Congress Las Vegas. They recently announced some added content, including Industry City, that will showcase vertical industries and how they are building a connected and digital future. There's also The Hub, which is a startup and innovation center. And also there's several new networking events announced, kicking off with the uh, welcome party for Mobile World Congress. So there'll be two good shows going on at the same time, so we'll have to split our time. And if you haven't already registered for EDICon online, be sure to check out the technical program and register for the presentations and workshops that are of interest to you. EDICon will be every Wednesday in October, with each week focusing on a core theme, and it's a free event. We have 45 presentations spread out over the four weeks, and you'll find all the info at edicononline.com. And that wraps up another episode of Frequency Matters. Today's sponsor is Mini Circuits, an industry pioneer and highly respected supplier of RF microwave components and integrated assemblies. They have 27 product lines and more than 10,000 active products from components to test and measurement systems. As Pat mentioned, we'll be at European Microwave Week, the last week of the month, and you can expect to see videos from many of the companies exhibiting there, a way to attend if you can't actually be there in person. You'll find the videos at videos.microwavejournal.com. And until next time, if we don't see you at European Microwave, Take care.